Hello, everybody. Um, so I was going to do this entire podcast about supplements, and I still am. So that's good. Uh, being a PT or anyone who's like slightly muscled, one of the biggest questions that you get asked all the time is, uh, "What sh- supplement should I take? How should I take this to get jacked? And should I take this to get like shredded? Or should I take this protein powder to get really muscly?" Uh, which is funny because like. Supplements are probably the least important factor when it comes to building muscle or losing body fat, like versus a calorie deficit, versus your protein servings and how frequent your servings are, how much protein you're taking overall, calorie surplus, like food choices. Uh, well, food choices might not be that, well, it's not that important. Food choices aren't that important. Uh, if it fits your macros, totally proves this. Uh, but yeah. Other th- compared to other things, supplements just aren't that important. However, sometimes supplements are really important. So think about that one. Chew on that. Yeah. So I'm going to split this entire thing up into like health versus like procedural or um, specific supplements that you would take for a certain outcome rather than I take this every day because it's good for me. Uh, and we'll call that, yeah, we'll call that procedural, or we'll call it protocols or something something along those lines. I don't know. I'll probably call it something completely different when it comes to that. But we'll start with, like, optimal health stuff. So finding supplements to be healthy. And I don't just mean taking, like, a regular multivitamin, although that might be a good idea. It might not be a good idea. There's loads of research on, uh, I say loads, there's some research on multivitamins uh, and how ineffective they are but the guys who conducted the research still take one. So, (laughs) you know, I think he actually quoted of like, like most of the multivitamins have absolutely zero effect or will have minimal effect on, on like how much vitamins you're actually getting uh, because they're so weirdly or poorly dosed, uh, but still take one because why not? What harm is it going to do? Probably none. So yeah, still why not just don't spend loads and loads of money on really special multivitamins when you could just buy a normal one because chances are they're probably not doing loads in the first place or in any real circumstance anyway Uh, unless you're in a big calorie deficit if you're in a big calorie deficit and you're not really getting a lot of nutrients yeah a multivitamin probably is a good idea because it's going to give you something that you probably aren't getting from food so that's the first one. There you go. Uh, multivitamins. Are they good? Who knows? <laughs> so uh, I would probably start. Well, there are some some things that I do kind of almost prescribe to pretty much everyone, um, but sometimes not. So I don't always say these things, but most people that I have encountered will require some kind of omega-3 fish oil supplement uh, or some kind of omega-3 green algae supplement if you're vegetarian or vegan. Uh, What we're looking for with this is really like a good dosage of EPA and DHA. These are the two omega-3 acids that are kind of important. You also have ALA, uh, but that's find and found in more flaxseed stuff and more kind of like grain-based uh, and isn't as important or isn't as necessary as the DHA, uh, yeah, DHA and EPA. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce them. It's something like dimoxyhalothic acid and acid. If you really want to know what they're actually called, cool, uh, message me and I'll Google it or Google it yourself. 
but yeah some kind of that and we're looking for like somewhere around a gram of dha and epa uh, that doesn't mean a gram of fish oils so you might get two grams of fish oils that contains one gram of dha and epa because it depends on the concentration within the fish oil uh, and lots of people will ask if like cod liver oil is all right because they already have it in the house yes cod liver oil is all right however it's also the source of vitamin d and vitamin a now i've no problem with people taking vitamin d orally through an oil because like most of us are vitamin d deficient it's what i'm going to touch on next anyway uh, but cod liver oil is also quite a good source of vitamin a and vitamin a is one of these fat soluble vitamins that you really can risk toxicity with uh, i think i talked about toxicity in one of my other podcasts or something like that uh, and why you shouldn't supplement specific like nutrients or specific vitamins because you never know what you've got unless you've had your blood work done uh but yeah so i probably well i've no direct like problem with people taking cod liver oil it's just one of those supplements that i think there are probably better sources so an omega-3 fish oil is probably a better source than cod liver oil uh because you don't run the risk of that vitamin a toxicity whether you would get vitamin a toxicity from cod liver oil anyway is a different story but you don't run the risk of it and i'm always going to err on the side of something that's probably safer than something else i don't know if you picked that up but the dog just did a really big cute sigh that was nice uh so yeah so fish oils we're generally looking for a, a gram of epa and dha combined so it might be 600 milligrams to 400 milligrams and that would create a, a gram uh so that's what we're looking for with with fish oils and I recommend them to most people, unless you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, you may not want to be taking any of these next coming up supplements uh, without getting checked first. Uh, and I say that purely out of cautionary tales. Uh, again, we haven't really got research to say whether these things will or won't damage anyone. Uh, it's just cautionary. It's just something that I think should come with, with every thingy. If you're pregnant, be careful there you go uh vitamin d vitamin d is one of those ones that absolutely everybody if you live in the uk you should probably be taking uh and you should probably be taking a dose that's much higher than you think you are or than you think you should uh again vitamin d with it being oil based so we have different vitamins we have fat soluble vitamins and we have uh water soluble vitamins fat soluble are capable of being stored within our body because our body will store fat so we can like dose these quite heavily and they'll stay within our body so you could do one dose in the in the week for the week and that's you done uh whereas water soluble vitamins will just kind of like work their way through your system quite quickly uh vitamin d most of us if you live in the uk you probably aren't getting enough vitamin d uh it's quite poorly absorbed through your digestive tract so you really we do need to be going out in the sun to get this uh what is it i think it's 15 minutes of total body exposure between the months of like was it august to october between the hours of 10 till 3 so like there's some very specific parameters of when we can absorb vitamin d optimally uh so you're probably unless you're like bollock naked walking down the street in july don't you ever watch it on major in july august ah fuck who knows uh fuck knows i actually I, I, I forget everything i just said there and just understand that you need to absorb vitamin d through the total body it's not just having your face exposed uh 
yeah you probably need to be supplementing vitamin d in some shape or form now the upper level for vitamin d is around 10,000 iu per day for about six months and you might risk vitamin d toxicity that puts you at risk for it it doesn't mean you're gonna get it most tablets in fact me and my partner went to holland and barrett and we picked up a vitamin d tablet and each tablet had 400 iu in it so in order to hit the dose that we wanted we would have had to have like 25 tablets a day for six months in order to risk toxicity uh, rather you can just jump on like amazon or some kind of supplement store and find a 1000 iu or a 4000 iu like tablet uh it's pretty cheap as well i think we managed to get like a lifetime supply or not a lifetime supply that's stupid a year's supply of vitamin d for like 13 quid uh and that's 4000 iu tablets now again this isn't prescriptive just a quick note that i am not a doctor i am not prescribing these doses to you i am simply informing you that these are the doses that have been studied and these are the doses that seem to deliver the best benefits so anywhere between like 1000 to 4000 iu according to research seems to be appropriate uh had to put that little disclaimer in there so i don't get sued uh not that anybody's listening anyway <laughs> uh cool so a couple of other things they're the two that i kind of just say most people should be having most people should be having another one i throw in there if you train or if you exercise is creatine and i could talk about creatine being like a very very good supplement it's the most studied supplement blah 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 we know it works for performance enhancing we know you might bang out an extra rep if you're taking creatine versus if you're not uh, but largely what's coming out now interests me a lot more so what's coming out now seems to be creatine and like the um protection that it delivers against cognitive degenerative diseases like alzheimer's and dementia uh, something as simple as three to five grams a day seems to be enough to kind of like not stave off dementia i'm not going to say that if you take creatine you won't get dementia but it does seem to be beneficial for cognitively um degenerative diseases uh, so that's the reason i take creatine much more than the fact that i might get an extra rep out in the gym or i'll have more creatine stores within my body blah blah uh, i would much rather have some kind of protection against losing my mind probably should have been taking it earlier than this uh, but yeah that's what interests me more and again there's a like a loading phase that people talk about with creatine that you absolutely can do some people say it's not necessary other people say it is necessary i err on the side of how quickly do you want to fill your creatine stores so if you want to fill your creatine stores really quickly do the loading phase i think it's like 20 grams a day for um like five to seven days and that's you fully creatined up to the teeth or you could take three to five grams every day for a longer period of time i think anyway you should be taking creatine for a long period of time you don't need to cycle it in and out just stay on it you can just go hey i found this powder that i put in my morning hydration drink or i put in my morning drink glass of water first thing in the morning and that's me set in fact there's a supplement and i'm going to plug them because i think they're a fucking brilliant brand 
HR Labs, hopefully they'll sponsor me, HR Labs, Human Resource Labs, uh, do a product called um, Basic, which is essentially like five grams of creatine, a bit of some other stuff in there as well. But I see it as a creatine product along with some salts. So it's kind of like the morning hydration drink that I'd have. Uh, and it's great. And it's great. The, the supplements in there are very good for performance enhancing. Uh, but more importantly, it's a it's a well-dosed creatine product. Most creatine products are dosed at like three grams, which means I have to have two scoops, which means I go through it faster. This is dosed at five grams, which I just see as a better dose. Excuse me while I drink from my uh, Diet Coke beverage. Caffeine-free as well. Uh, I've been trying to cut caffeine out, uh, which is really, really upsetting. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I've mentioned three there. Omega-3 fish oils, vitamin D, and um, creatine, I recommend to most people. Definitely omega-3s and, and uh, vitamin D. Creatine, if you happen to train in the gym or you're interested in the cognitive benefits of it, is something that I think is promising. Um, the other things like are kind of circumstantial. If you struggle to eat a lot of vegetables, you can 100% use like a vegetable powder kind of thing. So like a a super greens or a reds and greens kind of thingy like superfood powders uh, are great like i'm not going to diss them you might be missing a little bit of the fiber but if it's a really good product uh, you'll be able to get the fiber in there as well because it'll have it'll just be essentially be powdered vegetables uh, and i think these are really useful if you're not a big vegetable or a big fruit person you can 100% just in the morning with your creatine bang a scoop of like reds and greens powder or something or bang a scoop of like this superfood powder stuff that uh, will 100% meet most of your needs for fruits and veg. Uh, I think it's great. I think I think they're really convenient. I'm not a huge vegetable person. Like a lot of my meals are like rice and a meat. Uh, my partner gets my carry on. She tries to get me to eat vegetables all the time. I'm fine with them. I do like vegetables. I just can't be asked to cook them, mate. Like, fuck that, boiling things. I want to get everything done in one pan. I want to get my rice cooker on, and I want to have to clean one pan. If I have to clean more than one pan, I'm going to be upset. But, like, I find salads quite boring as well. Uh, something like spinach is probably a great vegetable to have because I don't need to cook it, per se. You could just put a handful on. Anyway, I'm talking about vegetables rather than the superfoods powder. Superfood powders are a way of getting your vegetables in without actually getting your vegetables in, but they do taste like arse. I've never found one that tastes good. All of them taste like fucking grass, and it, it, they're not great. They're not delicious. I wouldn't say like, ooh, can't wait to have my superfoods powder. It's more of a, I'm going to suffer this 30 seconds of drinking it so that I can get all the benefits of eating lots of vegetables. So that's a kind of an extra one you could add on there. So you've got a quite a good stack so far. Um, another one that I'm going to throw in that might be a little bit controversial because it's not really a supplement, but organic like coconut oil. Mm, yeah, I know, right? Coconut oil, not really a vegetable. Not Of course it's not a vegetable. Is it? Is coconut a vegetable? Is it a fruit? I'm going to have to Google that as soon as I finish this podcast. I have no idea. Is coconut a vegetable or a fruit? Or is it like a just a coconut? Is, oh, it's a nut, isn't it? It's a fucking nut, Phil. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I need to take more creatine. Um, yeah, 
virgin, extra virgin coconut oil is one of these good fats. I used quote unquote marks when I said that even though you can't see me uh, it's one of these good fats in the sense that it's it's full of what's called medium chain triglycerides which are uh, a great fat to be consuming because they're not they're not um oh god what, what are you even trying to say they're a good source of energy for your brain that's what I'm trying to say. Your brain can utilize medium chain triglycerides quite well. So it's one of those things that you probably should have in if you're uh, concerned about fucking not having enough coconut oil in your diet. I can't even think of reasons. I've completely lost my train of thought on this, but I've already recorded 16 minutes of this podcast. So we're just going to continue going on and say, hey, organic coconut oil is good. That's what we're going for coconut oil try it how much of it should you have some some of it you should have some uh that there we go there we go it came in my brain medium chain triglycerides they're uh, useful in digestion i should say they're digested more like a carbohydrate than they are in a fat so they're used for energy quite quickly um there we go i got there in the end i got there in the end uh, so if you didn't want to have loads and loads and loads of carbs not the carbs are bad you could have some coconut oil and that would be a a good energy source straight away uh, they're the things that i would kind of say hey you know for healthy reasons great go have these things have these things and you'll be you'll be good uh, bear in mind though coconut oil is a fat so it's still super high in calories it will still tip you over your calorie needs so fit it in make sure you're tracking it otherwise you could over consume uh, and if you over consume then health benefits are kind of eradicated because you're now gaining weight and we know that being overweight or being obese is just generally bad for health um yeah <laughs> so now onto the performance side of things so this is where things get really cool and really interesting uh depending on what you're doing and these aren't things that i would obviously take all the time these are things that i would take for specific reasons so i'm quite a big fan of mushrooms and when i say that i don't mean getting spaced out and taking magic mushrooms uh although you know there's some research to say that that's probably good for mental health things uh taking microdoses of mushrooms and stuff but you know you didn't hear that from me i'm not advocating drug use you are shut up in the slightest whatever um however mushrooms is in like lion's mane uh, and other supplements kind of like ashwagandha are what fall under the category of um adaptogens and an adaptogen is essentially something that helps you deal with stress so if you were going through a really busy period where you were highly stressed and you knew you were going to have a lot of shit to do it may be worth considering taking an adaptogen taking a ashwagandha and lion's mane supplement or a mushroom complex uh, to help you deal with the stress so that you're not like just accumulating what's called allostatic load where you're trying to like neutralize everything uh, this will help you down regulate things a little bit and help you deal with the stresses that's one thing that I, I, i'm not going to give doses on this because it's, it's not my area of speciality it's just something that i dabble in every now and then another use for drugs uh, i say drugs <laughs> supplements I'm not talking about drugs i'm talking about supplements here phil come on stay on track uh, another use for supplements is uh, nootropics nootropics are a branch of supplements that that 
stimulate brain activity in a very simple uh, a very simple example of this is caffeine so how you think pre-caffeine will be very different to how quickly or how uh, emotively or how rationally you think post-caffeine it helps with focus that kind of stuff other examples are like ginseng balboa balboa I don't even know how to how to pronounce it. I'm thinking of Rocky Balboa. But yeah, nootropics are something that I, I personally am quite interested in. Uh, and because I really like learning stuff and I want to be really good at learning stuff, I've got a massive ego and I want to be the smartest person in the room all the time. So uh, I like nootropics because they help me get smart. They help me get smart. Now, obviously, there are the slightly less legal branch of this, like your racetams and uh, and Nupept and things. Nupept seems to be the new kid on the block, and it seems to be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, nootropics are something. If you want to learn something very fast, it's not something I would take all the time. I would probably start taking some kind of nootropic. In fact, I've just started Connor Harris's uh, Connor Harris shout out uh, biomechanics program. I want to learn as much about it as I possibly can. So I've gone on myprotein.com and ordered their daily nootropic so that I can take that before I learn uh, and hopefully absorb a little bit more of the information. Uh, so that's another circumstance in which I would use a different protocol than just everyday health. Uh, some of the other things, if you are competing, uh, and you've got a competition coming up, you should probably test this beforehand, but you know, bicarbonate of soda will neutralize a lot, bicarbonate of soda, bicarbonate soda, whatever, will neutralize a lot of the acid buildup or lactate buildup within a muscle. So if you had an, a competition where you knew your muscles were gonna be burning a lot, so let's say you were doing strongman deadlift for reps and you knew that you were gonna be pulling like 15 16 reps you'd probably start accumulating some lactate taking a little bit bicarbonate soda beforehand i can't i can't give proper doses because i can't fully remember that every dose for everything uh will help neutralize that acid buildup so that you might get an extra couple of reps out or you at least will recover faster because you haven't got all this accumulation of metabolites in there uh so performance-based excellent uh, another maybe in-season product uh, tart cherry juice will null the effects of DOMS and also null the effects of any adaptive processes that are going on. So there are circum certain circumstances where you might want to um, continue to train without really seeing any adaptive process. For example, if you were a fighter uh, and you were, or even like playing football or something like that, uh, where you don't necessarily want to get fitter during the in season, but you do want to still continue to maintain this level of fitness that you have whilst you go through 30, 40 games or punch people in the face or whatever. Uh, you might consider taking, uh, I think it's a cherry active, another plug, sponsor me, uh, another plug. Cherry active is a tart cherry juice that will null a lot of the adaptive process uh, and a lot of that uh, very nullifying in the hypertrophic response. So if you had a certain weight class that you needed to stay in uh, and you didn't want to build any more muscle, then that's a great product to use. Or if you're just somebody who hasn't trained for a while and you think, I don't want to be as sore. I don't want to be very sore. So I'm going to take tart cherry juice after my workouts or before my workouts or whatever. I'm just going to start bringing it into my, my diet uh, and that will help me um, 
nullify the effects of DOMS so that will stop you from feeling as sore uh, which is again during the first few weeks of training you're probably not really looking for any real adaptions other than neurological like learning how to do stuff uh, you're probably not going to get massive within the first few weeks so that might be a smart thing to do at the start of a new cycle or the smart start of uh, like getting back into training I'm going to have another drink of my caffeine free diet coke ah delicious and um, I was going to touch on something else I can't remember it though. I can't remember it. God, it's going to come to me as soon as I stop recording this podcast. If I just continue to talk words and shout absolute nonsense, then hopefully it'll come to me. Uh, tart cherry juice, bicarbonate soda. Oh, no. No, there's nothing there. Oh, I will touch on protein powders a little bit. So protein powders, I don't classify as a supplement. It's not something that I think is... Um, is is a supplement i couldn't think of another word there because as we can tell my brain's gone to shit because i'm not having caffeine uh yeah protein powders are not a supplement particularly whey powder whey protein is made from cheese making process so if you classify whey protein as a supplement you also have to classify cheese as a supplement so you know two scoops of cheese before you work out whatever yeah it's just a food it's a product little miss muffet sat on a tougher eating her curds and what eating her curds in whey exactly it's a food it is not a supplement it's made from the cheese making process it's been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and then eventually someone went can make loads of money off this and now we have whey protein uh, other types of protein you know pea soy hemp all fine they don't seem to compare to whey in the terms of bioavailability however beef protein does beef protein is equally if not probably better than whey protein in the sense it's more digestible uh, for a lot of people because a lot of people are slightly lactose intolerant or blah 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 uh, and it's really really good tasting rather than having a dirty milkshake a dirty milkshake you wouldn't have a dirty milkshake rather than having a milkshake that's really thick and filling it's kind of like a juice uh, which personally appeals to me so yeah I'm going to leave it at that because I'm 30 minutes in and on my podcast thingy, I've only got like five hours for free. So I'm seeing how many podcasts I can get out of that before I have to start paying for it. Uh, As soon as I start paying for it, I'm running every ad because I have not got enough money to keep this going. Bye.